the Soundwave Chronicles podcast brought to you by FD Productions engages in conversations with pioneering musicians, producers, and experts from the music industry. We get the inside scoop on what it takes to make it in the music industry today by delving into the sources of their inspiration, their creative process, and much more as we explore a wide range of their experiences. I am your host, Afterlove, and I want to welcome you today. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Today, I've got a very special guest by the name of Johannes. He is uh, pretty much legendary. He's a very humble guy, but uh, his resume is like miles long. And I'm just going to give you a general overview, and then I'm going to have you guys uh, take a listen to what he has to say. But his skills have allowed him to build an impressive resume as a drummer, performing with a variety of artists all over the world and recording in studios from Austria to Los Angeles and even New York. His musical education started at the age of six, pretty darn young, uh, at a small local music school in south of Austria where he built his foundation through weekly drum lessons with drum coach Carl Unterkoffler. During his 12 years at the music school, he racked up an impressive list of awards and performance experiences before moving to Boston after his acceptance to the renowned Berklee College of Music. Johannes strives to grow musically. Uh, he's performed with some uh, household names, a whole slew of uh, very famous artists. He moved to Los Angeles in 2016, and uh, he's been touring, recording ever since. Um, he's been on the Jimmy Kimmel Live show and America's Got Talent, Stephen Colbert. I mean, the list goes on and on. He's been endorsed by Vic Firth Sticks, Austrian Audio Microphones, uh, Sabian Cymbals. I mean, we could just talk for like you know a few hours about uh, your accomplishments, but uh, people don't want to hear me blather. Let's hear what you have to say, Johannes. Welcome to the show. I know you're a very busy guy, busy musician, and, and I just want to thank you for coming on. Can you tell me a little bit about your background? Thank you, first of all, Asher. I'm stoked to be on here, and um, thank you for your kind words. My education uh, prepared me to do several things, and nowadays I feel like in the business you have to sort of stay versatile, so... I always made sure I have a well-rounded education and that's what got me into doing different things from live music to studio work to even exploring now, actually, for since the past two years, I'm exploring the educational side a bit more and, and collecting ideas and finding ways how I can teach people and, and bring it out to the masses a bit more. But that's a whole a whole nother, another thing that I have to get into. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started really early and I'm I'm very fortunate that I had a very thorough education in a local music school. I learned reading music before I learned how to read in school, actually. So I grew up playing in lots of also classical orchestras from school big band to playing uh, percussion for contemporary classical composers. That was one of my first gigs. So, yeah, I was lucky enough in Austria to be around a lot of uh, orchestral music that um, prepared me how to read. And I was very fortunate to have a fantastic teacher that uh, mentored me for 12 years. I feel like that is not a very common thing that you study with one teacher for 12 years, but he really prepared that. me. Yeah, he really prepared me from age six until I was 18. And then I, I moved to the US and A because I always had a love for 
for R&B and soul music and, and pop music in general. And most of my heroes studied at Berkeley. And at that time, one of my friends from Vienna actually told me that he would move to Boston. And that's when I said, oh, let me take that into consideration because I was going to study at the conservatory in Vienna. But then he sort of showed me what else is out there and I said okay let me audition and see what's going on and um, then I got accepted and <laughs> that same summer after I got accepted I just spent my whole time organizing how I would move my whole life from Austria to Boston as an 18 year old but luckily my friends helped me and and my friend who studied with me, we eventually became roommates and yeah, we organized it all together and I haven't looked back ever since. 2012, I moved to the USA and and finished Boston and then I moved to LA and that's when my professional life began and it's been great so far. I mean, in LA, I feel like for what I do, there's a lot of opportunities out here and I built my network here. Still, I work with a lot of people that I met at Berkeley. I felt like the the networking is what makes that school so special. But I think every school really has that. You know, even if you even if you go to Harvard, I think the most important thing there is the network and and the people you meet. So, totally yeah. makes sense. Yeah, um, networking is kind of the name of the game in a lot of industries, and uh, certainly in the music industry. Um, obviously, talent plays a major role, and uh, and you uh, put in the time and the dedication to 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 build that talent. Um, and at eighteen, you said eighteen years, or uh, you were with the same teacher, or was it uh, for for twelve years? Yeah, 12 until years. I was eighteen. Yeah. So, so I would imagine you were a pretty dedicated and pretty focused student pretty much a dream student for for a teacher <laughs> yeah you know where i'm from i'm from a very small town so there's not a lot of distractions i mean nature is beautiful there but it's not like as a teenager you can go out and go clubbing a lot or i don't know what other teenagers do these days but uh my thing was i came home from school and TikTok. i went i went to the <laughs> basement yeah, we didn't have that back then. So I just went to the days, basement. Right? Sorry? Those were the good old days. No TikTok. Yes, no distractions. Now we have to, uh, I don't want to say worry about all of that because it is a good way to grow your business, but it does take time, as you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I just basically went home after school, went to the basement, and I uh, I, I dove into all the deep concepts of practicing and it felt like meditating to me to a certain point, you know, all the independence exercises that you do as a drummer and, and I, uh, you know, being so isolated. One thing was that I did have time to really practice a lot of technique and a lot of concepts, but uh, the downside was that there was not not really a music scene going on. You had a few events, corporate bands here and there. I would spend my summers playing gigs in hotel lobbies with my friends in different jazz trio formations. 
but there's not really a scene where you could go at night and see world-class musicians play for that i would spend my summers in vienna because there was always there were a lot of uh, drum workshops and i would just take a train there and stay there for a week as as like a 16 year old or whatever and study with world-class drummers there or visit camps and workshops for four days to a week depending on what it was so that's how I kind of that's what sort of stimulated my interest to become more global and to maybe move into the big wide world rather than staying home in Austria and which is nice too, but I felt like a lot of people that study in Austria um, become teachers and they, you know, you study music at a conservatory and then a lot of people, um, which is, is not a bad thing, but a lot of people accept a position at a local music school teaching super young students. But I always wanted to be on the road. I wanted to be out there and play for people and I can always do the teaching on the side and and teach intermediate students or advanced students and yeah that so, was always my goal so I I thought to make that a living I needed to move to the to the United States and yeah LA is great for that so what's amazing about your story is you really you come from a, a small town and you're looking to make music a career it's difficult enough as most people know just to make music a career in the first place i mean it, you know a lot of people they try to teach but you went you you took it up a notch you, you didn't just try to become you know uh a club date musician you went to the hub of the music industry the global music industry and you made your way to the top and uh what is it that did you did you feel like okay that that's a huge huge challenge i just want to challenge myself or did you feel like it just come really naturally like did, did you envision yourself in a place like la playing concerts you know playing on on television shows that type of stuff or is it just sort of did it did everything just sort of happen one step after another you just sort of focus on the here and the now you know as i just just build up my skills as a, as a drummer what what was your thinking when you were younger i always focused on my goals so much that's all i had in my mind and i really believe in the power of manifestation or at least it worked for me back then nowadays you know business is not easy but back then I had such a or I still have a burning passion for it obviously because I'm still in it but uh yeah that's all I would I would just play drums and close my eyes and imagine that I'm playing a massive stage mm -hmm. when I was practicing and I guess that power of, of manifesting it really helped me. And now looking back, all the hurdles I had to jump to get to where I am now, it's kind of crazy to think about it. I mean, for really all of us to, I still have moments where I get out of a bigger show and I'm like, I, I can't believe this is my job. You know, I still have, yeah. I still have these moments where I'm like, I, can't believe I do this for a living mm -hmm. but yeah I never I was never really worried about what could happen I I'm lucky enough that I have a, a strong support system and people around me that believe in me and I think that 
really does a lot and that really means a lot to me and yeah Mm-hmm. I think I just never, I just never looked back. I was always so focused on my goal, and then you just take one step after another, and then something happens, and you have to t- take two steps back. But then you leap four steps forward, and you know, you know how it is with the ups and downs. But as long as you're just so focused on your goal, I think, uh, I think you're your nervous system and your body guides you automatically to or the universe guides you to to get closer to your goal it's like almost at that point a survival mechanism or something like that you know it becomes your survival it's like i have to do this there's no other way <laughs> you sound you sound a little bit spiritual to me you sound like do you do, do you do yoga do you do meditation do you do you feel like do you have some sort of a uh, of a frame of mind of like I don't know a larger calling? How, I'm just wondering how do you think? How do you what goes on in, in your mind um, from day to day? Well, through some sometimes that I moved to LA, you know, you're on your own in a big city, and you get thrown all these challenges and. I feel like what helped me a lot, I I personally don't go to therapy or anything, but what helped me a lot was reading a lot of sort of self-help books, hmm. just, you know, the, the term self-help, whatever, but a lot of uh, books about, you know, psychology and and um, success stories and and biographies and I think I just always try to take out of those books what applies to me in that very moment. For example, right now I'm I'm, I'm reading the Rick Rubin book that just came out. I'm sure everybody has seen it already, this gray cover. I forgot what it's called. It's about the creative process. And that's, I mean, that book is so simple. The chapters are all so short. But there's so many great points in there that where where I read them and and I'm I'm realizing oh wow now I realize in that moment what I could have done better when it came to whatever me starting out as a producer and working with clients ah okay this is why I was a bit frustrated in that moment instead of clamping onto the idea I should have just let it go. And I'm reading a bunch of books about that, mostly non non-fictional stuff. And I just take out of it what applies to me. And that's what has helped me through my my sort of harder times in LA, you know. And uh, I mean, it takes a lot of, uh, you're a deep guy. You're, you're obviously very insightful and you've obviously spent a lot of time self-reflecting and uh, getting to know yourself, which is really one of the most important things in being being able to achieve anything in life. Um, yeah. On a slightly separate note, because you were talking about your concerts, um, is there like a, are there a few moments, maybe just one specific moment that you just sort of um, relish in, just like a, a memory that's, is it could be even recent, that just excites you when you think about it? I mean, aside from playing in front of thousands of people, but is there something that you want to share with us, maybe just just a moment um, in time, playing concerts or maybe playing on the Tonight Show, whatever uh, that that uh, is memorable that you'll never forget. Yeah, I 
so growing up what got me into music was my dad's record collection it was not a massive record collection but he had a bunch of vinyls around and around in cds and a stereo so music was always very accessible for me mm-hmm. and i just remember you know watching several concerts at Madison Square Garden and and watching Phil Collins and I felt like in the past two years there were a lot of moments that sort of exceeded my dreams and things happened that I would have never thought I could reach or maybe I would have maybe you know I dreamt of those things actually and then the dream came true and that was a interesting moment for me and i did play medicine square garden was it two i think two years ago for the first time mm-hmm. and that was a moment once you reach your goals it's a scary moment because you work all your life towards that thing i didn't necessarily work just to play medicine square garden but mm-hmm. That is like a, a sort of a milestone. And mm-hmm. once you reach your goal, it's funny. It's not that you become ungrateful. I was filled with so much gratitude. But as soon as it happened, I was like, okay, let me just really quick redefine now my goals or what's the next set of goals now in my life. And I find that is such a funny funny process in the life of an artist you know you just always work and work and work towards something but then once you reach it you're almost like oh what do do now what now this right. was great but okay because we're so used to pushing and yeah and that was a that was a great moment i mean i was so emotional not even playing it was more so the preparation and being in a hotel in new york before the gig and just laying in the bed and watching YouTube videos of iconic Madison Square Garden performances. Mm -hmm. And that was just so powerful and emotional for me. Uh, Same with just in June, I was opening for Harry Styles with some friends of mine and we Mm -hmm. played Wembley, Wembley Stadium. Mm -hmm. And that was the same thing. I was in a hotel the night before and I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. This really makes it all worth, you know, all the, the struggles that we have and and tears exactly when you're in your practice room and and you feel like okay (laughs) this is tough what am i doing this for but moments like that make it all worth and what i take from it specifically is um what always keeps you going is find finding those little pockets of success in every day whether it is playing an exercise and you wanted to get it to a certain tempo and you check it off that's a moment of success and I feel like those are very powerful to find all these moments of success and gratitude in every day of your practice as an artist that's just a little thing to throw out there I I find that very important and personally it's a great tip find moments of success in every day that's yeah. something that a lot of us can overlook. Because we have so many big moments in our career. And, and then, you know, sometimes there might be a month or two where you think you're not moving at all. And everything 
is standing still. So I think when the more you focus in those times on what can I actually do to improve and, and you try to improve every day, just 1%, you know, that's another one of those success quotes, like try to improve 1% every day, but it is true. Like if you just keep on moving, then you have another one of those big moments that you were working towards and you're like, okay, wow. Now I really see that this work that I put in that whole month where nothing else was happening paid off. And that so, takes a long-term yeah. vision that takes, uh, I mean, you have to have a lot, a lot of dedication to your, to your craft and you, know, you got to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse. And I have to tell you, um, actually for somebody who's, who's a professional musician, um, as of the last seven years and full time, I mean, I've been a mm. professional musician for the last 20 years, but full time, um, I've found that I have less time to rehearse, uh, than I did when I was, I mean, really in, in high school, uh, middle school, um, do you find that, well, I guess you have to rehearse for these concerts. Do you find that you have more time or less time? Cause you're devoting things to other wearing other hats, um, in your music profession. Um, you know what I this year has been a bit eye-opening for me because I had a lot of work up until mid-June and I did you know one tour after another and then a, this big show at Wembley and but then mid-June July was really really quiet for me I did more studio work but what I do in this case instead of running out and finding the next best geek just to get more money in i try to really sit down and see what's what do i want to put my energy and work into mm -hmm. obviously you know i i i'm not a father yet so i don't have any responsibilities in that regard it's different mm -hmm. when you have a when you have a house and a family, but you know, right. I, I, yeah, you know, I, I just had so much work that I decided, okay, let me sit down and, and just practice again. And that's what makes me happy. But then obviously it's always greener on the other side. Then you sit there for a month of practicing and you're like, Oh, it would be actually nice to, go out and, and play a bunch of gigs again, but. And you know, that's going to happen again. It's inevitable. Yeah. These, the, the wave, it's the highs and the lows. And exactly. I can completely relate to you. And it's nice to hear this from another, you know, another full-time professional like yourself, um, because it could be stressful also, right? Like feeling yeah. like, okay, well, I don't want it to be slow, but at the same time you're saying, but I'm a little bit conflicted. Like I want to, I want to also spend my time maybe like expanding um, my horizons, maybe production or or teaching or something like that. Is that is that what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is really. What do you want to put your focus on? You mm -hmm. know, if you want to sit there and isolate yourself. I mean, you see songwriters still do that. Obviously, they might not have a financial pressure because they have millions of dollars, but they just. I don't know, they go to uh, upstate New York to this 
big studio in the woods and they sit down with a team of producers for three months and work on an album, you know, and that's that downtime that you need to learn how to cherish too, that you just lock yourself in the practice room and, and work on whatever you want to work on. It's funny, everything you're describing, you know, uh, the Wembley Stadium, the going up to the woods and practicing with, you know, in the middle of nowhere uh, as a band and, and producing music. What comes to mind is the movie about Queen. I'm sure you've seen that or maybe you know, I actually Freddie haven't. Mercury. You should I have see to it. watch Because <laughs> you're a microcosm of that in a sense. You play Wembley, Sta Wembley Stadium. So now that you've reached this, pretty much the heights of, of really anybody's career, I mean, you're really living the dream. Um, and you mentioned that you have this mentality of, okay, so, so now what, like now I need to sort of shift my frame of mind, my goals. What are those, what is that shift that has taken place in the mind of Johannes? Well, you know, to be fully transparent, it all sounds fantastic to say you play Madison Square Garden and Wembley, but I did play Wembley not to not sound grateful but i did play wembley as an opener obviously what's the next step play it as a headliner <laughs> play it as a headliner and i think play it with... was okay <laughs> sorry yeah i think it's okay that you were an opener at wembley stadium <laughs> well yeah it was you still... yourself on the back for that one <laughs> It was still special, but yeah, same yeah. with Madison Square Garden. It was part of uh, the iHeartRadio Jingle Ball Tour. So you have a bunch of artists and they all play five songs or so. And, you know, next step would be to play whatever, a two-hour concert with an artist and an artist that you work with a lot. So those are my goals. And really, to what I'm trying to do is to diversify my sort of business even more i want to start getting into the educational side and build my career uh, a bit more also in the drumming community see what i can achieve there i have done a good amount of pop tours and most tours that i've done were in the thousand to four thousand cap in, in thousand to four thousand cap rooms and i'd love to you know scale it all up scale everything up that i'm doing to doing amphitheaters arenas finding also or playing with artists that maybe keep me busy also throughout the year a lot of tours that i've done were like maybe a month or two and then you don't really hear from them for a while. So mm. I'd love to find that artist that um, builds a family on the road with the musicians where you really, where you're valuable to the music, where you really matter, you know, obvious. I mean, I still matter with the artists that I play for. That's yeah. not a wrong, but you know, an artist that just really dives super deep into the music and that maybe does a six-month tour and that tours throughout the world. That's still my goal to do a world tour. I'd love to explore different parts of the world. I have played on, I've played in Africa before in the USA and Europe, but I'd love to go to Asia and South America. And um, those are all 
goals of mine. Currently, what I was working on the past few months is just getting better at posting videos of my work because I spend a lot of time producing in the past few years too, in mm -hmm. the past five years or so. And I've, I do have some cool songs with artists, but I also have a lot of unused ideas. And it was always hard for me to be that guy who goes on the road again and, okay, now I have to focus on drums because that's what pays my bills mostly. So I would come home, maybe set up two weeks of sessions with artists here in my studio. And then they want to they wanna schedule more and I would be like, okay, actually I have to leave now for another month. So that was always, I, I could never really establish a flow when it came to producing and doing sessions. So I do have a lot of hard drives with beats that I made over the years. And what, I, what I'm trying to do now is just to put these out and play drums to it. As you might've seen on my Instagram, there's a few musical ideas that I put out. Mm -hmm that I produced and then it's obviously easy for me to just play the drums to it and put it up. And even if it's a minute of an idea, I'd rather have it out on Instagram than sit on my hard drive and never be heard sort of. Oh, so so you, I did try. So you'll post like little Sorry? snippets of, of what you've been producing for, for fans to listen to, even if it's not complete. Yeah. Yeah. Or I would, Exactly. Or I would just play drums first and then compose something around it just to still work on that outlet of making music because it has become more and more important to me to create something musical and not just sit behind the drums. It's It feels very fulfilling to me to make a song come to life or a musical idea come to life um, by putting out songs and that feels very gratifying i would have to say as, as much as it does playing live for me in front of a big crowd i love working on musical ideas and creating a song and then releasing it it feels very, very good but unfortunately i'm not you know one of those producers that crank out three songs a week for me it's more of a okay, you might work with an artist here, you get co-production credit or co-writing credit. And I'm more of the, I'm not really known as a producer, but I do have my credits here and there. And mm -hmm. I do find myself in situations where I can bring myself in. But I feel like in LA, you almost have to play this game as a producer to do the speed dating sessions every day you have like strangers come to your house and whatever two songwriters and you work on all these ideas and i don't know you might do 30 sessions and one song gets released but i tried some of that but then you know i always got the gig offers and for me that is how i pay my bills so i was like okay now i'm gone for another two months and then We'll see what happens when I come back. And so it was always this back and forth of me going on tour and then coming back and having to almost establish myself all over again and being like, okay, who am I going to invite now for sessions? So some projects that I have were writing projects with a friend. We put out seven songs, six or seven songs under the name Hopkins. 
and that was uh, that sort of an indie alternative duo that we had but we never performed it was just a writing production duo that we formed to put out our music and it's all originals and but that was the last song we released was 2021 i believe so we haven't really worked on anything ever since thanks so much for tuning into the soundwave chronicles podcast where you can stream our interviews wherever you get your podcasts we hope you enjoyed the interview and learned something new today and if you did please leave a review so we can keep bringing you great content thank you and have a great rest of the week